In a world that can be challenging, and at times unpredictable, it's hard to find moments to focus on what you need. Join Stephanie James on The Spark as she guides you to use your inner flame to ignite your best life. As a best-selling author, psychotherapist, transformational life coach, and international show host, Stephanie is dedicated to helping you create a life that takes you, your goals, and your passions to the next level, so you can live a life that is fully lit up and fully alive. She believes that your life is meant to be a beautiful expression of the things that light you up, that by living your dreams, you give permission to others to do the same. Are you ready to feel alive and inspired to fuel your dreams and put a fire behind your desires? Let's ignite a spark in one another that will illuminate the world. The Spark with your host, Stephanie James, starts now. Welcome to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. So thankful for you listeners. Thank you for joining us today. Just sending out so much love and light to you today. We have a really special guest. Our guest today is Dr. Mari Hill Fodorero. And she is an author. She has got so many amazing books. I could not believe it when I started looking on her website. Um, and we're going to be talking about a special book today, God Came to My Garage Sale. So welcome, Marnie, to The Spark. Oh, thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me on your show. Well, Marnie, tell me first, as I was looking at those books, do you have a degree what in psychology? You, you definitely do a lot with unmasking narcissism and abuse and dysfunction in relationships. Tell me about that. Well, I don't have a degree in that. No, I, I have a doctorate degree in education that I um, earned from um, Northern Illinois University back in 1997. So I'm really dating myself. And then I did my postdoctoral work at Harvard. However, I did take, you know, psychology classes along the way. But no, I was focused more on education. I think my um, being able to speak to domestic violence or, or narcissistic abuse or parental alienation just comes from experience and unfortunately in dealing with some of these things, but also the research I've done since then to learn about this and the tools I have found that have helped me um, kind of just put one foot in front of the other and just move, you know, towards much more happiness and peace. And, and, and so I wanted to share those tools. And that's why I created the books, the five book series, True Deceit, False Love. But it all started with a spiritual awakening at a garage sale. Well, well tell us about that. Because I, I, I know that when I looked up the book, it was talking about that it's fiction, I want to say quotes, fiction, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. based on real experiences that happened. And so, yeah, talk about your spiritual awakening. What happened? Yeah, sure. You know, um, and yes, it is considered fiction, spiritual fiction, but it is based on all true experiences you know, the, the names and locations have been changed and, um, and I've incorporated mostly experiences I've had, but also other people's experiences after I really delved into the research on near-death experiences and spiritual transformative encounters. But, you know, I was leaving an American dream, you know, so I, you know, left a marriage after 27 years and, um, you know, realized that I had surrounded myself with people that did not have the same values that I did of love and honesty and goodness and fidelity and, you know, fiscal responsibility, all of these, you know, qualities that make up who I am. And so I, I made a very tough decision to leave that. And in the midst of that, I lost most everything. I lost my home. I lost my assets. Uh, my money was depleted. I even lost two adult children to parental alienation, which was like the most traumatic thing I think in my life that has happened to me. But, you know, instead of being, you know, um, negative or sad or angry, I really approach things with optimism and positivity, like we're all on this journey and there's lessons to learn. But anyway, in the midst of this, I had to have a garage sale and leave my, you know, beautiful home. And, um, and at this garage sale, I, I did have some spiritual miracles that, 
made me take notice to signs and synchronicities and wonder, boy, is this a coincidence? Or there's like so many different things happening here that it probably isn't a coincidence. And I'm really, uh, the feeling that I got was that I was surrounded with love and that I would be supported. And I had what what it takes to just you know, be able to move forward and understand what I have gone through. And, and then of course it does take a deep dive into your own intergenerational family dynamics, you know, your family of origin, and you have to kind of understand what makes you accept things for as long as you do, or, you know, um, be an overgiver or an extreme empath. Um, and so I learned a lot about myself and about a lot of other people, but the spiritual awakening experiences were so profound that just like most everyone that has some encounters like this, they're compelled to write about it, talk about it, spread the word of love, because that's the highest vibration is love. And that's kind of what I experienced. And I, I speak and I write to just give hope and inspire others that are find themselves in challenging life situations, even if they're very different than my own, to just, there's hope, you know, just hang in there and realize like, like your podcast, what you are all about in your amazing book about the spark and finding the spark within yourself um, to realize your potential. Oh, thank you. And I mean, your story is, it's so interesting. 27 years. Yeah. 27 years. Many I mean, red that's a lifetime. Flags. Yeah. Many red flags ignored. And, you know, of course there's a lot of intermittent reinforcement where there's positive to, you know, experiences that, uh, but then there's negative ones that sort of keeps you trauma bonded. And then, of course, you get busy with your life. I was pursuing advanced degrees. I was raising two beautiful children. I was busy volunteering. And then, of course, I had a full-time job. I was a high school teacher for 35 years in the Chicago suburbs. And 12 of those years, I was a university adjunct professor. And then uh, along the way, I took on other jobs, including tutoring. And, you know, just to because I thought we needed to do that to make ends meet when really... I, I was duped. I was, I, I didn't see what was right in front of me. And, uh, you know, then I finally had a light bulb moment and, you know, I, I had a choice to make, do I stay? But, you know, knowing that it's unhealthy and our values don't align, or do I, do I make a change and really role model for my adult children that, you know, you don't need to be around such negativity. There's no reason for it. You can, you can take a little bit more control of your life and, and make a change. And even though there's been significant losses as a result, the, what I have gained is just, I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm living in the Caribbean. I, you know, I'm writing books. I have found love again. I have found my spark again, you know, and, um, and so, you know, there's hope. Absolutely. And it, it, it it's reminded me a little bit of, you know, Melissa Gilbert's Eat, Love, Pray. Yeah. yeah. Where, you know, I, I think it takes such tremendous courage to mm -hmm. walk away from everything when you get that inner calling. And even before the garage sale, it sounds like you really had that inner calling speaking to you saying enough. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to live in this unhappy life, even if, and I hear you, I think that happens to a lot of people that I speak with, sure. right? We, we have our blinders on because we're just moving ahead. We're raising kids. We're in school. We're in our career. Mm -hmm. And when we pause oftentimes, even though we have all that activity, I think we can, you know, get that. And I, I can speak to this in my own life as well. It's like, oh, I'm kind of lonely. Yeah. yeah. There, there's something here that doesn't feel right. And I've been ignoring it just so I can survive. Um, and yet there's a whole other world where I can actually thrive and really be in alignment with my true purpose. And it sounds like, yeah, I, I found that with you. I have found that. And, you know, part of the whole process too, is when you make some sort of big change, like I did, and, and the change could look different for other people. They might leave a career. They might, um, you know, uh, move from a family, you know, there's all sorts of things that could signified change for other people. But then when you start to do the inner work to kind of realize, you know, 
how you got here and take some ownership in, in, you know, reflecting on your path, um, then you realize maybe even some more people that you have surrounded yourself with do not resonate with you. And that's extremely painful um, to love people from afar, but not really have them in your life because you're just so used to it. But, you know, um, sometimes we need to be uncomfortable and make some big decisions if it's for the higher good. And it's, it's not a selfish thing. And it's not just for yourself. In fact, sometimes when you go low contact or no contact with certain people, it might cause them to reflect and have a ripple effect where they might have to evaluate their behavior and, and see, you know, see their role in things. So really, you know, I, I just think being honest, that's the biggest virtue I believe in is honesty and staying true to your values. I mean, I think, you know, you can only move forward with that. Yes. And I'm over here just really, I mean, I'm resonating with you so much. My, my new book, Marnie, just came out two weeks ago, Becoming Fierce. Oh, and wonderful. there's a chapter in there called purge what doesn't serve. And it really speaks to exactly what you were talking yeah. about, which is sometimes we have to purge, whether it's negative beliefs, it might be behaviors that no longer serve us. And it's about purging the relationships and how do we detach with love? Right, right. Yeah, because, you know, when you detach, it's not like you're out to punish another person or, you know, show them that, you know, they've done something. Really, it's all about self-preservation and it's about, you know, healthy boundaries for yourself. And when you, when you realize that the negatives are outweighing the positives, you do need to kind of, you know, like you said, purge and, and um, it's painful. It's painful to do that. And, um, and, and sometimes it's done for you. You know, sometimes there are people that have malevolent intentions, uh, whether they're jealous, whether they are just mean, you know, just, they believe that, to make themselves look better, they've got to put other people down, you know, and, you know, maybe they'll remove themselves from you and you have to look at it like, woo, thank you. That's a gift. You know, when people, when people are removed from your life, either by their choice or your choice and situations for that matter too, there's that can, that can be a gift for you. That could be, you know, like a thank you moment to let you you know, reflect and move on in a way that does serve your higher purpose. Well, and what I'm hearing you say is when you do that, when you allow that to happen, then again, miracles show up because you're, yeah. you're raising your own vibration and it's not woo woo. It's literally quantum physics. You know, we attract the vibrational frequency that we are vibrating at. So right. If, if we're emotionally in love, in gratitude, and of course, not that those are constant states. And when we are at those, we are also moving towards us people that are in alignment with that frequency or vibration. Most definitely. You know, when you, you've let some people in situations go, it's like it makes room for more positive situations to come into your life. Oh, I, I can't wait to get your next book. I can't oh. wait. Thank yes. you. As soon as this interview is over, I'm ordering it. So you <laughs> you're know, the best. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, Thank wait. you. Thank you. Well, let's talk a little bit more about your book too. So I, because I love the title. When I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, God came to my garage sale. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's vignettes. There's different vignettes in there. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I would be happy to. This is the book, God Came to My Garage Sale. It was endorsed by James Redfield, who wrote The Celestine Prophecy. And, um, and it won a couple of awards. So, you know, I've been pleased that it's resonated with a few people. Um, and, you know, I love the title as well, because really, I was when I had these experiences at this garage sale, I was like, questioning, what's going on here? You know, is there some sort of message I'm getting from God or some higher source or my, you know, divine self or, you know, whatever you want to name it. I felt like I was really being given a message that, you know, um, yeah, this is going to be a tough transition in your life, but 
you know, you are loved and you are supported. So I had many miracles that happened. I mean, at one point I was surrounded by 50 to 100 dragonflies. And, and that, along with all my experiences, were all in slow motion. And um, I could just pick up on details of everything. And, and the feeling I got was just of love and, and peace and harmony. And, uh, and there were many other um, experiences that are incorporated into these 13 vignettes that are, of course, all inspired by true events. And then I, I incorporated a lot of my, my own experiences growing up in the Chicago suburbs and, um, and just, I incorporate music into each of the vignettes mm. and messages from, from people, quotes that, um, really have significant meanings to cause people to stop and reflect. But, you know, there are signs and synchronicities all around us. And like you said, you know, if you are operating from a higher vibration, you are attracting positive things into your life. And I really believe that. And I, I believe in manifesting. And I believe that, you know, I manifested some of these experiences, but there were dream visitations and feathers and pennies and red cardinals and different people that had messages that were just life-changing that, you know, I think you have to be in a particular state of mind or reflection um, to be able to receive these messages. And, and so many people that have had life-changing experiences, it happens as a result of some sort of trauma, you know, some sort of loss, um, you know, and, and the loss could look very different for a lot of different people. You know, um, and, and we all experience loss. I mean, that's just part of living. Um, but if we if we take that loss and learn from it, and and in my case, I'm a big believer in researching and trying to hear other people's perspectives on this. And instead of reinventing the wheel, just kind of, you know, it was so validating to read about other people's experiences, because then, you know, I really felt more comfortable expressing what I actually experienced. And, and like I said, I was compelled to write the book. God came to my garage sale. And, and then I found, you know, that that opened me up to writing, you know, to my author's voice. So in the next series, the five book series, I, I not only have a reference book of thousands and thousands and thousands of terms related to this family trauma as I was learning about it and trying to, you know, connect the dots to my own experience. But I also created um, poetry, different types of poetry and a survivor's workbook, and even using a different part of the brain um, to help with trauma, a word search puzzle book, because you know, sometimes people need a different approach to be able to, you know, distract themselves or relax or just, you know, use a different part of the brain to just work out the trauma. And um, it doesn't all have to be heavy duty therapy all the time type thing, you know, um, and, and so much we can resolve on our own with our own thinking. If we could just quiet our minds and, and, really sit back and kind of look objectively at our life. And, and we don't do that enough. And, and we need to follow our intuition, our gut feeling, because boy, those are some strong messages that can really make some great changes in your life. If you follow your gut feeling. Well, and to, to piggyback that, the question that came to mind, Marnie, is how do we do that? How do we tap in or how do you tap in so that we can listen to that inner GPS or listen to, you know, our guts or that intuition that's speaking to us? What, what do you use as, as a way of doing that? Well, you know, and I will say this has to look different for so many different people. Um, I wake up with gratitude. I have different affirmations that I am able to see that I have printed out and even framed that I can wake up and immediately read a positive affirmation, which sets the tone for the day, even though I probably don't need that tool anymore. Um, that was kind of a fun practice to have. And, you know, I'm fortunate at, 
at the stage in my life that I don't have to wake up to an alarm. Um, and actually when I wake up, I'm overlooking the beautiful ocean. So I, you know, I have yeah. a great visual to just ground myself. Um, you know, I also live in the Caribbean on many acres in the rainforest. So I'm constantly surrounded by nature. And I think getting out in nature helps you center yourself. Um, so when I get into a real, you know, relaxed state of gratitude, which I feel I, I really kind of do that throughout the day all the time. Um, lots of times it's when I'm in nature, you know, uh, later on today, I'm going to be snorkeling in the ocean. I will definitely be relaxed when I'm there looking underwater at the sea life, you know, the rays and the turtles and the seahorses and all the things I get to see on a regular basis because of where I have chosen to move to. However, I will say you don't need to live in paradise to experience this kind of thing. You can be in the heart of the city and even look out your window and there's beautiful nature that you can observe. Um, you know, I spent a lifetime in the Chicago suburbs. I loved every season that I experienced. You know, people will say, oh, you moved to the Caribbean. You must have hated the snow and, you know, you wanted to go somewhere warm. Well, that really isn't the case. I didn't hate the snow. In fact, I'm an avid skier now, and I go to the snow every year to spend time in the snow and the cold. Um, but, you know, we can create our own environments within our ourselves. You know, another thing that I do is I meditate. And that was really hard for me to do at first, really, really hard. And I needed guided meditations, which is something you can find online um, and there are many different kinds of guided meditations with different people narrating different directions to get you to think, you know, if, if that helps you, you know, I would start with something like that. I'm a water lover too. So like even soaking in a hot bath, putting on some candles, lighting some incense or using essential oils, you know, trying to do a multi-sensory approach to calming down, I think is really, really helpful. And some people can get there just by eating chocolate, you know? So, I mean, everyone has their own thing that works for them to get them to that state of gratitude. And, you know, these miracles will appear, even if you don't try to manifest them, they will come your way. You will, it's just a matter of whether you can pay attention to them at, or not. Yeah. Such incredible wisdom. Thank you. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, more from Marnie Hill Fodorero. I love that last name. What what is that? What nationality is that? Oh, my ex-husband is Italian. That's the I kept the name because that's the name of my two children. And actually, professionally, um, I'm just known as Dr. Fodorero, you know, through my whole teaching career. So um, you know just just kept that on yeah totally get it well we will be right back come back and join us in just a few moments welcome back to the spark i'm your host stephanie james i just wanted to thank the listeners out there for your wonderful letters your emails talking about what you have received from our first film when sparks ignite which is playing now on plex network on the more you channel and that right now, it, it really is one of those premiere movies, premiere films. So it's only available at certain times, but please check the more you channel. It is one of these films that really brings home the message that the challenges and difficulties that we face can become the match point that ignites something within us that then becomes our gift to the world. And with an amazing international cast, of thought leaders and wisdom keepers and change makers around the world. The message really is your healing matters. And as we do our own work, then we become a clearer conduit for that love and healing to come back into the world. So please join us for that. Also, as I mentioned before, my new book, Becoming Fierce, is out on Amazon Books as well as Barnes and Noble, would love to share that with you. Something we need more than ever in these times is to become fierce when we're talking about passionate 
purposeful and living fully ignited in our full expression. So thank you all for coming back. I'm having just an amazing conversation with Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero. Thank you so much, Marnie, for being here. Oh, sure. This is just wonderful. I, I love these candid conversations. Well, this is what's so fun because it's just like hanging out with a girlfriend <laughs> and, and just really getting to know you and really feeling already this, this beautiful heart connection with you. You know, one of the things that, that I'm really curious about is what your journey was as a child or some of the things that you've gone through, because I think sometimes there's really this false narrative that people like yourself that have become awakened or that are now, you know, more spiritually enlightened, um, that they really, even though you had a difficult marriage, okay, but you probably, you know, probably didn't have a lot of difficult times. And sometimes I think people think, well, she can do it. I don't know if I can, because I had a really horrible childhood or, you know, even that's not the case with me, but I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of the clients that I work with that are like, how did you do it? So are you open to sharing some of that journey? Oh, sure. You know, and, you know, I grew up in the uh, North Shore of Chicago in Lake Forest, Illinois. And, you know, I had a very fun childhood in many ways. But at the same time, I think everyone has challenges when they're navigating you know, their childhood or their teen years and that type of thing. I also am a product of divorce. And so, um, you know, even though it was challenging at the time and certainly afterwards, it wasn't really until my 60s that I look back and I can kind of connect the dots that my mom's domestic violence was very similar to my own domestic violence, except, you know, I think I'm more equipped to handle it because um, there's so much support out there. You know, you can research and learn about different personality types or dynamics and kind of understand what you've been through. You know, you, there, there are platforms like yours to even have a place where you can express yourself and, and, you know, talk things out where I think in my mom's generation, you know, she was pretty isolated and, and didn't have that kind of support or outlet. Um, so all of that, you know, um, at, for whatever reason, I was driven at a really early age to leave home and, you know, graduate high school early and start college early, which I did. I was just you know, I think subconsciously, I was like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to be successful, or, um, you know, I'm going to make it on my own. And so I think that sort of, you know, those early childhood experiences um, kind of ignited a spark in me as far as just wanting to be independent. I was extremely um, driven, you know, to be independent. And, um, and so I went on to, you know, um, have a wonderful and successful career in teaching and, you know, just very positive life experiences. And so I was really thrown for a loop when the person that I married, I was almost projecting these positive qualities onto to him thinking that, okay, since I'm honest and I have good intentions. They do too. And that's not always the case. And so little by little, you know, I was gaslit to believe mm -hmm. that my reality wasn't correct. You know, I wasn't seeing things the way they were. I um, am not capable. I'm not worthy. And, you know, these are all strategies that, you know, abusers will use to isolate you and, you know, um, get your confidence level down so that you rely on them. And, you know, um, you end up just, I mean, this happens to men and women. It's not a gender specific thing, but, you know, um, empaths and narcissists, you know, um, there's a history where there's, they, they seek each other out in many ways. And so it's very important to understand and learn about these dynamics you know, um, and lots of times it doesn't happen until you've, you know, the, there's a straw that breaks the camel's back when it's just one too many things that you 
have ignored, you know, so there are red flags in relationships and, you know, there were even red flags before I got married, you know, my inner voice saying, don't marry this person. You know, he's not honest. He has affairs. He, he, you know, juggles money and, you know, there's chaos and all that. And, um, but I, I was so blind. Um, Part of it was, you know, I mean, you get love bombed, you get swept off your feet and you really feel that someone is, is connecting with you and resonating with you. And really what they're doing is mirroring your good qualities. You know, they, they want their prize, they want their supply and they'll say or do anything to get that. So like, if you like orchestra music, they all of a sudden love orchestra music. You know, or if if you like a certain type of food, let's say Japanese food, my gosh, that's their favorite food. And all your dates are at Japanese restaurants or I mean, those are just examples. But where you feel like with lots of different things that you've really met someone that you can really connect with. And, and especially if you work in a similar field, you know, um, you just, you just can be love bombed to believe that you really met your soulmate, but, you know, things can change and they're not always immediate. You know, um, it took me 27 years for me to finally realize, you know, enough was enough. And, you know, to realize that what I was experiencing was domestic abuse. Um, and there were so, there was so much I needed to learn about that. Um, you know, and, it was much easier to live in denial and it was much easier to just go along status quo. But, you know, I knew in my heart of hearts that that is no way to live for anyone. And, and that I, I needed to rise above that and, um, and make a big choice. In some ways it was almost made for me, you know, some one night, some confessions were made and, you know, it was, there was no going back after that. There was, you know, just for me, that was, enough. And, you know, come to realize years later, there is a double life and a triple life that some of these individuals have. And, you know, that's not how I want to live my life. So, so definitely part of the healing journey is to go back into your own childhood and see, you know, gosh, what made you um, accept behavior for so long? What made you an overgiver or a people pleaser? Um, and I had to learn some of those things about myself and, and as uncomfortable as it was, I needed to make some changes and make some decisions about, you know, who to let in my life and who to keep in my life. Well, such huge number one, first, I mean, deep gratitude to you for, for sharing that. I mean, that's such an incredible journey. And I think, uh, my gosh, I mean, that's it. That's the work. And, and to be able to go back and say, okay, let me make sense of this. Now that I see right. what's happening, let me understand because it's not about punishing yourself or how could I, it's mm -hmm. about, yes, we get these, you know, programs as, as children and that then we just think, oh, that's how it is. That becomes the lens that we experience the world through. Right. And so I think, wow, so empowering for you and, and for the people that are willing to do the work to discover that. And then the freedom that comes as a result of that and how it's like, you're literally like clearing off that lens. And now you get to experience life in a totally different way. And, and that takes me to my next question, which is tell us about, you know, what was it like then you, as, as you began your healing journey, and then you meet the love of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you know, um, you know, when you make a decision to leave a situation, the losses are significant. Like I said, I even lost two adult children to parental alienation. So they are not in my life, mm -hmm. uh, which is just shocking for any parent that has raised their kids into their 20s and had a normal range, happy, supportive, loving um, relationship just to have it taken away as a punishment, as you know, definitely as a revenge vindictive um, situation, even though the kids might think, oh, it was my decision to do that. Anyone who has done any research on parental alienation or cults or Stockholm syndrome or independent thinker phenomenon, anyone who learns about that can kind of see how something like this can happen. 
Um, so the losses are devastating, you know, and the financial losses are tremendous and the loss of freedom and all sorts of things. But, you know, um, in the midst of that, I, I knew to put one foot in front of the other. I still had a few years left of my career. And, um, you know, I was spending some time with um, a couple that I was became very close with. I actually met in a tennis class. And um, there was this tennis club near my school where I taught that I tutored a lot at. And, and anyway, I, I met this wonderful couple and they didn't live that far from my home and uh, in the Chicago suburbs. And we hung out a lot. Um, and, you know, we just kind of became close. We were kind of there for each other, um, not just in the fun times, but in some of the challenging times. We were just really a good support for each other. Well, um, uh, so it was Rick and Elizabeth and Elizabeth unfortunately got very sick and um, within a short period um, passed away and it was just devastating for for us. I was there for Rick as a support to him um, and to, to his you know, situation, just trying to help out. And he was a support. They actually both were a support to me when I was realizing the type of person I was married to and that I needed to, you know, escape from and uh, very high conflict individual and making the legal process extremely challenging. I mean, it continues to this day. I mean, I filed for divorce in 2013. I'm still in court with, you know, many, many lawyers later with this, this abuser, but that's what they do. They obsess with you. They, you know, they, yeah. they want to keep you engaged. They, they, they want to keep this false narrative going and they feel the only way to do it is to constantly inflict pain and keep roping you back in. But, you know, um, he probably hasn't figured it out, but I've like so moved on. So Rick and I ended up spending a lot of time together. We decided to just travel whenever we had the opportunity. So for a number of years, we would travel, you know, as friends, really, um, to exotic, amazing places. We spent a month in India, which was extremely spiritual, a month in Thailand, a month in Israel, as well as lots of little trips along, you know, the United States, you know, whenever I could get away. And, you know, I had large uh, time slots in the summer. So I was able to do some of these trips. But, you know, one thing led to another and we realized we are a really good partnership together. And um, so we decided to form a life together. Um, we didn't even move together until we, till I retired and we, we came to the Caribbean. And, um, and we actually thank Elizabeth. We really think that she is definitely still part of our lives here. Um, you know, we have created a special memorial garden for her, but we constantly talk about the connections and, you know, uh, realize, especially, especially with the way we both believe in spirituality, that she is still here with us on a different plane of existence and, and that things are really meant to be the way they are. But anyway, Rick and I, you know, we're trying to figure out where we wanted to move to. We knew we didn't want to stay in the Chicago suburbs because we didn't have any connections there anymore. And, um, and we just wanted to forge a new life together. And so we kept on coming back to the Caribbean, to the United States Virgin Islands. And um, we looked for a home here. We, gosh, we looked at about 80 homes over a three-year period, finally found our perfect place for us, you know, um, on many acres in the rainforest overlooking the ocean, just immersed in nature. And here we are. And so I was able to find, you know, that, you know, even though I left a life and in some ways I thought, you know, maybe I'm not worthy to be loved after so many years and, you know, the choice I made with the type of person I married, you know, maybe I wouldn't be able to attract an honest, you know, loving, intelligent, good person, but somehow it was meant to be the universe brought us together. Yes. Oh, what a beautiful story. Yeah. You know, I'm curious for you then, um, how long did that process take for you to really start manifesting these things in your life? I mean, it sounds like 
you had the awakening and things started, you know, miracles started manifesting right away for you. I think in some ways it did happen right away because really um, what jump started all of that was this garage sale, you know, and at this garage sale, I, I don't even, I don't even think I was divorced at the time. I was just in the process, you know, although the process, as I told you, continues and continues until he finally can, you know, move on in his life and just, you know, find happiness elsewhere if he can, or someone else to give him whatever he needs. But, you know, so I think the spiritual awakening did happen to sort of jumpstart me. And, and that led me on a quest to reach out to um, like the IONS community, which is the International Association for Near-Death Studies and learn about spirituality and people that have had these miracles because I wanted some answers. You know, I know what I experienced, but I wanted to know, has anyone else out there, you know, have they experienced this kind of thing? And, and so, yeah, it's just, it's evolved over time. It's a, you can't force this process. You can't really put a timeline on it. I think, um, you're, you just are, when you are ready to be open to some change that will start. And, and then you have to do some conscious work on it, like really doing a lot of reading and, and tuning into podcasts and, and, you know, stepping back and reflecting on your life from childhood all the way to where you were at to just try to figure things out. So it's hard to put a timeline on it, but, you know, I, I just want to give people hope that it can happen. You know, you can be in the darkness, in the depths of despair and think that, you know, it, you cannot crawl out of it, but we are all a product of change in this world. I mean, everything is always changing. Negative ones can be blessings in our lives. Yes. Great, great words. Wow. Thank you so much. We need to take one quick break. And when we come back, we will be wrapping up our wonderful conversation with Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero. Stay tuned. Welcome back to The Spark. I'm your host, Stephanie James. I have just loved this time with you, Marnie. Thank you so much. It's such a joy to see someone like yourself who is really I mean, you've really experienced life, the ups, the downs, the challenges, the joys, and where you are now is just so beautiful. And I just feel you're, you have this beautiful serving heart where you're like, how can I give back? How can I help people to see they can create this in their own lives? Right, right. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm curious, what's next for you? What's, what's up ahead? Well, you know, I'm writing a sixth book in the True Deceit False Love series, and I think that that might, you know, um, put a close to that series because I'm really, really moving on in a positive way. I have another book idea that I'd like to do that has absolutely nothing to do with surviving domestic abuse or trauma. Um, and, and it has a little bit to do with spirituality because that is just a constant in my life now. So I think I'll always have some sort of writing project on the horizon. And, you know, um, I'm excited to get back to traveling and seeing the world. And, um, I, you know, these past couple years, I've worked hard with my partner, Rick, to cultivate some amazing gardens to be pretty much self-sufficient here, you know, in the rainforest. Um, we even have our own hydroponics farm. So I've learned a lot about, you know, growing your own fresh vegetables and just farm to table pretty much every day. Um, and what I can't grow myself, we have our weekly farmer's markets with um, such a variety of, of just local fresh foods. So I, I always need to work on that green thumb. There's always something more to learn. So what, what grew very well in my gardens in the Chicago suburbs don't necessarily grow well here. So it's a, it's a learning curve. And I'm, so I'm spending time outdoors with that, you know, um, uh, my partner is big into scuba diving. I know he would love to see me take that up, but I have no interest in that. 
Um, I'm perfectly happy to be a bubble watcher on top of the water. Uh, that works for me. Um, so, you know, I think I just living in gratitude every day, you know, just uh, enjoying life and, um, you know, just doing the best that I can to spread awareness about different issues, um, but also speak the truth and stay true to my own values. Hmm. Love that. Yes. And I, I really love this part that you are just so in tune with nature, you know, and, and really when you have gardens like that, you're just so in touch with, I think, the miracle of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really the miracle of existence. Um, that's pretty exciting. And there's this beautiful piece that I love too, is that we don't have to make everything so complicated. You know, when, when we're on this healing journey, as it sounds like you've really learned also how to just be. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing, like kind of grow where you're planted. And when we're in that place of gratitude, knowing whatever the next thing is, like your new book coming through, it will show up. Right. And you can just trust that. Yeah. And actually part of the whole journey, I think, is letting go of expectations or trying to like force, you know, your future when really you don't need to do that. You can just go about the business of living and people and situations will come into your life in a natural way. And, and then you can just evolve this way, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm fortunate to, to not only be experiencing this, but to be aware of experiencing it and, and appreciating each day and each moment. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm so excited for you and to see what's up ahead in your life as we're getting ready to wrap up, Marnie, how can people find out about you and how can they get your books? I'm sure my books are on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. My um, publisher is Balboa Press, which is a division of Hay House. Um, But to find out about me, the people that have endorsed my books, the events that I'm involved in, whether it's a speaking engagement or book signing or a podcast or that kind of thing, it's all on my website, which is the name of spiritual fiction. So www.godcametomygaragesale.com. So I want to make sure I have that. So it's www.godcametomygaragesale.com. I'm absolutely just loving this conversation with Marnie, Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero. And one of the things that, you know, as you're bringing all this light and love to the world, I, I am so aware of how, you know, you've, you've lived this life and, and through challenges and hardships, the good, you know, we say the good, the bad, the ugly, you've continued to heal. And, and now it's like with this servant's heart, giving back to the world. And what's next for you, Marnie? What's, what's up ahead? Well, you know, I'll always have a writing project going. So whether it is poetry or the sixth book in the True Deceit False Love series, um, you know, but I'm moving a little bit away towards having to bring awareness to domestic violence and narcissist abuse and parental alienation, because, you know, I really have, have done that. And, you know, um, helped a lot of people along the way. And, you know, now it's time maybe for me to focus a little bit more on just, um, uh, you know, enjoying my home here and my extensive gardens. I, I have, um, you know, I've learned to, to really uh, grow different vegetables and fruits here, um, much different than in the Chicago suburbs. So it's kind of a learning curve and spending some time there, but I will always have a writing project going on, I'm sure. Well, and I love the part of just you being so much in nature and really having hands-on and just the beautiful part of that, just experiencing life bursting through and then to be able to use that for nourishment. I mean, what a lovely, I mean, I just think that's what a wonderful thing to do. And I think one of the important pieces that you're talking about is this part about just being able to be. And, you know, we live in this society where we we feel like we just have to strive and we always need to be accomplishing the next, the next, the next, and that there's a beautiful part of being able to just grow where you're planted and, and to be. 
You know, that you bring up a really good point. It kind of can feel that we are on, you know, a hamster wheel at times where we're always searching for the next shiny object, you know, the next accomplishment or something like that. And in doing that, we don't take the time to center ourselves and really reflect on enjoying the moment. You know, I'm reminded of uh, a time when Rick was on a safari and he was, you know, um, right amongst a lot of amazing um, animals, you know, zebras and giraffes. And he was trying to videotape everything. And he was looking at the experience through a very small lens. And looking back on that, he realized that he missed out on really just being there and it being present and enjoying that. You know, I mean, yeah, he might have gone back and looked at that videotape of those animals, you know, on this amazing safari, but he would have probably had a better experience if he would have just put the camera down and really just observed and, and you know, be mindful of what you are experiencing. So that, that, that has kind of been a lesson for me that, you know, I, I have to be careful of the lens that I look through things. I don't want to look at things with expectations or that I have to do this or, you know, I, I'm luckily I'm at a point too in my life where I really can just um, enjoy the moment. You know, one of my favorite songs is a, is a James Taylor song called the, the secret of life is enjoying the passage of time. And, you know, if we enjoy the journey and not always with the view of, oh, I've got to get to that destination, I think we'll have a much happier and more fulfilled life. Absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. Marty, how can people find out more about you and your books? Sure. You know, my books are on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, my publisher is Balboa Press, which is a division of Hay House. Um, and you, I have a website. Um, I'm not on social media because I have, uh, I want to spend my time doing so many other things with the writing and the gardening and just living. Um, but uh, my website is the name of my spiritual fiction. So it's www.godcametomygaragesale.com. Love that. I love that. And Marnie, as we're wrapping up, what would you leave as your essential message for the listeners? You know, well, of course, there's so many messages that are, are essential. But I guess one big point is that we all have challenges in our lives. You know, uh, you may resonate with some of the things I talked about. Your challenges may be completely different, but we all have challenges in our life. But if we approach them staying true to our integrity and our values of honesty, love and compassion and goodness, we will be shown some signs and we'll get the inner direction to, you know, self-actualize on our life journey. So handle these challenges with positivity and your life will be moving forward in a positive direction. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much. Dr. Marnie Hill Fodorero, thank you. Just big heart, heart and warm hug to you. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. It's just been an honor to, to talk with you and, um, and your message I resonate with as well. And you've got so many amazing projects going on with the film that everyone should see and the books that are out. And uh, so, you know, your podcast and your platform, you're bringing awareness to so much and, and allowing people to have these very important conversations. So thank you for what you do. Thank you. Yeah.